Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Washington Wellness Podcast, where we talk about all things wellness, including health, fitness, and well-being to help improve your quality of life. I'm your host, Dr. Jamal Jackson, physical therapist and entrepreneur. This podcast is for general information only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician or other qualified health provider regarding any health conditions or concerns. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Washington Wellness. Today, I'm joined by Michelle Stanley, pronouns she, her, hers. Michelle is a biracial woman. She's a psychotherapist and a life coach with a background in yoga. She uses psychotherapy to alleviate symptoms of emotional distress, such as anxiety or depression. She uses life coaching to maximize personal and professional potential towards the results her clients want in their future. She helps her clients to gain more fulfillment by empowering them to develop intuition and insight through cultivating healthy lifestyle habits. Her mission is to help people use emotional challenges as opportunities for self-growth and evolution. Her holistic approach shows people how to get more balance, intimacy, and trust in themselves and in their lives in order to thrive in the present and secure their legacy. Michelle, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and I'm really excited about the topic. So thanks again for having me. So just to start, Michelle, how did you get into psychotherapy and life coaching? Yeah, so I got into uh, psychotherapy because um, when I, I wasn't really that into school and my first psychology class, I was like a yes. And I knew that I wanted to do it. So chose my major in psychology, knew that I want, I always knew I wanted to do therapy. I knew that it sounded like easy and fun. And I was right. It is easy and fun. And then uh, coaching, I got into because one of my best friends from college um, is also a neuropsychologist. And his best friend owns a coaching school and runs a coaching school in Florida. And he said to me, like, I think you all are both doing something similar, which is using psychology and coaching to help people connect to their inner essence. And he said, I think you all should meet and talk. And so I got in touch with um, Dr. Rosenbaum, who runs the life coaching school. He said, I'll, I would love for you to learn how to coach, no strings attached, just kind of try it out, see how you like it, and then we'll go from there. So I went down there, I got certified in his program, and I thought it was a really transformational experience of learning how to coach. And I started uh, coaching other people, and we opened up a school here in Washington, D.C., training other people to coach. Awesome. So it seemed like it kind of just happened naturally. Yeah, absolutely. It just happened. It happened naturally, um, just kind of by, I guess, like walking my talk. Now, for our listeners who may be unfamiliar with psychotherapy, can you define this type of therapy? Yeah, so there's different types of therapy, you know, like physical therapy, um, aromatherapy, uh, music therapy. So psychotherapy is basically saying that the method of healing is occurring through talking, and it is intended to have a psychological benefit, so psychotherapy. And what psychotherapy is usually about is about helping people 
to gain awareness and understanding about the their past um, so that they can gain insight about the present and better move forward towards their future. Very cool. What would you say is like a, and I know it's all completely individualized to the client you're seeing at the time, but what's kind of like a general structure for like a psychotherapy session? Yeah. So I think like a, a really general theme is that like normally when you meet with a therapist at the beginning, they're going to ask you why you came in. Um, they're going to get some understanding of your background, like who you are as a person that kind of like led to the situation that made you want to come in. And then over the first three sessions, they're usually going to try to talk with you to get an understanding of like, what are the goals that are most important for you to work on? And then usually through that process, you'll get clear and your therapist should like share that with you. Like, is this the goal that you want to work on? And, um, they should share, I usually share it in writing so that we're on the same page. Cause if you're not on the same page and you're not really working towards the same thing, or you may not be. Right. And there's different types of therapy, psychotherapy that you can use to help someone make progress towards those goals. And then over time, the client becomes more autonomous and independent and less reliant on the therapy. And they start seeing the results and the goals that they want. And at the end, you have like what we call, it's called termination in therapy, but looks like graduation where you reinforce the progress. Um, you talk about how you're going to sustain the results in your actual life. And then you, you, I say you ride without the training wheels, <laughs> you fly the coop. Just listen to you describe that. I can hear kind of like a lot of parallels to what I do, you know, as a physical therapist, you know, if someone comes in for the first time, we start off with the initial evaluation with the history. You know, like you mentioned, figuring out why they're there. Um, definitely all the goals we work on. I mean, it's not, you know, my goal for the patient by any means. It's kind of what they want to get out of this, like what they want to aspire to. And then that termination kind of parallels, like the discharge or the graduation. Like, hey, you know, you've progressed, you've done great, you're independent, but you need to continue to work on these things and you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that, that that sounds like a great uh, process for physical therapy. It made me feel like I want to go, I want to come see you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it's a good like medical model, like practice to apply. So for, for like making sure that people are moving towards the goals that they want and you're evaluating their progress and what's working and what isn't. And now what would you say to someone who may be tentative or a little on the fence about scheduling a session with a psychotherapist? Yeah, so one of the things I hear people being tentative about most is they think that the therapist is going to make them go on medication. And so I just want to like say that that's usually not the case. Like medication is a last result or last resort. And usually we're going to try a lot of other things to see if those things work, like you know, like learning new coping tools, um changing your sleeping, exercise, eating habits. Um, changing how you're showing up in relationships. We're going to try a whole bunch of things before we even suggest medication. Um, there's some exceptions to that. Like, you know, if somebody's like, you know, very depressed, like they, they can't get motivated to like get out of bed and like do normal functions of everyday living, then we might suggest medication earlier. But anytime medication is even talked about, it's just as an option. The client always has the ability to say, I don't want to do it. And so I think that that's really important um, for people to know. And now I want to switch over um, just to your life coaching hat, if you will. What would you say are some of the benefits that can occur when working with a life coach? 
Yeah. So I think that like <clears throat> most people know like or have an idea of what they want to do or need to do in their life. It's just that they don't know how to overcome the obstacles that are in the way. And so I think that coaching is usually for people that they can almost like see the result. They can see where they want to go. So it's very results oriented. Um, it's, it's about something that you want to have different in your life, whether um, you want to have a new job or you want to get into a different type of relationship or you want to attract your, you know, your soulmate. Um, you want to lose weight. Like these are, these are results that you want. And the coaching is specifically to help you achieve that result. Um, whereas therapy is more a process of discovery and understanding without the necessity to reach those necessarily those results. And so coaching, um, helps people reach those results by number one, removing the obstacles. And often one of the biggest obstacles that we face is fear. Mm -hmm. And so it is often about helping people to have the tools to overcome fear uh, or live in light of fear without becoming like distracted, derailed, or sabotaging themselves because of the fear. I think that that's one of the biggest things that coaching does. And then the other thing is that like there's sometimes where we just don't know, I call it skillful action. We just don't know the right action to take for the result that we want. Like, for example, let's say like I want to get a job in a Fortune 500 company and I am looking in the <clears throat> classified ads and I'm spending a lot of time doing that. And so right. sometimes coaching is about looking at are you taking the actions that are really aligned with the result that you want and what you're actually capable of doing. So the alignment goes both ways. So I think that that's a really big part that coaching is also focused on action because it's part of a change process. If you are, want to change and you're not going to take action, the change is going to be limited. So it's about making sure that the action that you're taking is aligned with who you are and what you're good at, as well as the result that you want. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, you can have the right ideas, but if you don't necessarily know how to go about it, taking the proper action, like you mentioned, you know, it's not going to come to fruition. So I definitely mm -hmm. can see how someone might benefit from seeing a coach and potentially a coach could also play the role kind of like a mentor also. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that is sometimes a, a role that coaches um, find themselves in or take on or a hat that they wear is mentorship. What would you say are some, uh, I guess, techniques um, that you kind of utilize as a coach to help guide someone on the path toward what they want? Yeah. So I think that like some of the techniques that I use, like, so number one, like, I think the change exists on the mental. Um, so the thinking realm, it exists on the behavioral realm and it also exists on the emotional or the um, some people say energetic or the spiritual realm. So when I'm working with people, I'm working with them holistically. So understanding that a shift has to be supported by all three of those things. If you only have one, you just have like less power um, towards the result that you're trying to gain. So I would say that like one of the first things, tools that I use it with people is usually like in the beginning, fear is the biggest obstacle that people are having. And so there's a lot of ways that fear is showing up in your life. One is in the thinking, you're, you're actually, you have an inner critic 
that's like constantly criticizing and complaining and tearing you down. So it's about bringing awareness to that level and then helping them start talking to themselves, not just like in a more positive, like idealistic way, but it's understanding psychologically that normally the way people are thinking about themselves, it's not realistic. You're thinking about yourself in a negatively skewed way. So it's simply about learning to tell yourself the truth about yourself and about your life and about your possibilities um, in service of uprooting the fear. And then, you know, some other people have like, you know, other emotional and physical things that they're doing that make them scared. Um, Finances are one of them. If you're trying to like start a business, but you are like in debt or you just like took out a huge loan, of course you're going to be scared. And that's, it's not, the, the goal is not to be like, well, overcome the fear. Don't be afraid. It's like, oh no, that fear is trying to tell you something. Like you need to get your finances in order. So it's really about, I think the first tools are really about overcoming fear um, and through self-care. And I bet self-care is holistic, physical, mental, and emotional. And then once they get that self-care piece, I think your confidence and your competence and your self-worth improves. And then from there, I really challenge people to take that self-worth into how they're showing up in their relationships, personally and professionally. Because normally how we're showing up in relationships is not in alignment with our self-worth. I say with our lovable self, we're showing up in a shell or in a, in a fraction of who we really are in our true potential in relationships. So it's almost like reinventing yourself and then taking that reinvented self into how you show up in relationships, showing up differently, communicating differently, um, engaging differently, loving differently, being more intimate with yourself as well as with others. And I say that when you do that, you start to get a different return on your investment in relationships, both personally and professionally. So your relationships are like start to return on the investment that you're putting in. And I say that that creates a synergy. And so when people start really collaborating cooperatively with each other, synergistically with each other, I think the result of that is a net gain that is different than what each individual brought into that relationship. And when people start relating to each other on that level, I think that's how we as a society evolve towards purpose. Yeah. I think if you show up as your kind of authentic self, as you mentioned, I think it would just be, you know, so much easier for that individual. Um, and we all, you know, I feel have certain times where we're not being hundred percent our true selves. I feel like that just adds like another like unnecessary level of stress, something else you have to think about. Um, so yeah, I definitely could see how that would be a benefit for sure. Now, one thing that comes to mind is that, you know, why someone might do that is that fear, like you mentioned, maybe like fear of rejection or um, fear of not being good enough. Is there any other reason you can think of why someone might not or might choose to not show up as their authentic self? Yeah, I mean, I think that you're, you're definitely right about that. Like fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear that of of being lonely, fear fear that they're not enough. I mean, I think that the most common one that we hear that's the most like sticky is that that fear that lives inside of people that they are somehow unworthy or undeserving. That's the hardest one. Because I think that a lot of people will say that they know that they're worthy, like if they have to really think about it, 
but then if they really examine how they're showing up and what they're doing in their life, they can gain awareness to the fact that they're not aligned with their lovability and how they're showing up. They're not showing up as a love, like how they're not acting as they would if they were a person that loved themselves. So they can think and know that they're lovable, but they, it's very hard to feel that way. And so I think that that, like what you're at, your question is like, you know, why is usually like that's from our early life experiences um, that have sub subconsciously and subtly, but very deeply ingrained a sense of being that's inadequate. Yeah, it's so interesting because fear really is, you know, creation of the mind. So if you can get that under control, I mean, that just opens up so many other possibilities. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like I have a, um, a, a Facebook group where, you know, people comment and interact. And I had posited that, that, you know, fear is a, a creation of the mind. And somebody actually posted something that I thought was really interesting. She said that it, it's, it's equally socially created as much as it is mentally. Like the, the mind needs to, you know, perpetuate it and sustain it. But a lot of what creates it is, in, is a relationship. Or, could, or an experience definitely. in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could kind of see that. I'm trying to you know, think about it and process it you know, right now. But yeah, I think there's some merits to that, definitely. Mm -hmm. Something else I wanted to talk to you about. So once someone starts working with a life coach, they enlist their services, how quickly can someone notice a change? Yeah, so I would say that like how I generally work with people with coaching is I, and I say this, it's the same thing I say with therapy is that like, I'll see you weekly until you start generating almost like ideas about the coaching and start kind of propelling yourself without my help. So I say it's like the analogy of riding a bike, you know, like, you know, uh, are you showing that like you can kind of like ride, uh, I'll let go of the seat for a moment, like, and you can still keep going. Um, and so when people start saying like, oh, like I was thinking about this and then I talked to this person about this and then, you know, this like opportunity came to me and I realized this, like that's evidence that you're becoming more autonomous. And so that stage can occur as in little as one session. After one session, somebody can come back on the second session. I've had one client, still only one client, who he went through the entire process in three sessions. Wow. Um, uh, but the first one, he was like, yeah, like self-limiting beliefs. Like I can realize how that is like everywhere in my life. I just got to get over that. And he came back the next day. He's like, all right. He's like, I'm over it. <laughs> and he's like, um, it's a big deal, but he's like, I'm now I'm like moving on from it. Um, and then, so it can take as little as one session. Most people spend about a month, about, you know, I would say like three weeks to, to at the most, I would say most people like three to six weeks. And that, um, you know, starting to generate ideas on your own. You still have some support, but it's like training wheels. You know, you're riding the bike. You just, like, you know, have training wheels now. So you might ride the bike back to me and, like, check in and be like, how about this? How about this? And, you know, it's more of like, um, you know, we're, we're bouncing ideas off each other. You're riding the bike. You go away. And then I would say at the end, it's like you've got the results. You're starting to see, I say it's like you're manifesting you're starting to see things happening and opportunities happening. And you also start finding your coach in yourself and in other people. 
Yeah, and something you kind of hinted at there, which I thought was really interesting, you still have access to your life code. It's not like, you know, termination, you don't cut it off with kind of cold turkey, so to speak. You can still kind of check in. And it sounds like it has the potential to become like a lifelong, you know, friendship. Yeah, yeah, for sure, it does. Um, and, I, and you know, it's one funny is like, you do notice that people don't want to like end because they they don't want to end like that, having that support. Um, but what I'm finding is that a lot of people, uh, you know, they'll come in like, they, they might come in like every few months or every couple years, you know, for a while. Um, and I have clients I've been seeing for like 10 years and they come back like once a year, like that's time for my like annual tune up. But a lot of clients, like they find that they transition to, like I said, they're coaching themselves or they're coaching other people. Um, I also transition people to classes afterwards. So it's almost like this, this, this other thing that I think is interesting about therapists, it's almost like because of the stigma, people don't want to like share like, oh, I'm seeing a therapist. So it's a very like private relationship. And so part of our practice is to like destigmatize mental health care. So I want my clients to like talk to other clients. I want you to go like tell people, and they do, they tell their friends, they tell their family, they refer their friends and family, but start talking to other people about what you're learning. And then it becomes less of this like embarrassing, shameful thing. It's just like going to the gym. You don't, you're not embarrassed that you go to the gym. Don't be embarrassed that you go to see a therapist or a coach. And then the more you do that, you talk to people, the more like you don't need your coach anymore. You've replaced them. And it sounds like this uh, Facebook group that you mentioned earlier could serve as that kind of community where you know someone can talk to someone else about going to therapy. Is that kind of what takes place today? Yeah. So that's like, you know, the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm building the group. Um, I've been building it for a while. And um, I think that that is the idea. Like, you know, right now I'm the moderator. So it's mostly like, you know, I share things and people like comment about the ideas. But I also like, because of the limits on psychotherapy and, you know, um, confidentiality, I cannot say that it's, it's not a therapy group. I cannot, I'm, it's, so it's not a therapy group, but we're talking about psychological issues and people have a free space, hopefully a non-judgmental space to be able to talk about psychological issues without it being therapy. And that's what I think, you know, when people can start talking about like really deep things, emotional things, that's intimacy. But we've only recognized that in the realm of therapy. But what is therapy? It's an intimate, deep conversation. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, even with physical therapy, you come in, you get to know your physical therapist, and we talk about kind of, you know, what's happened, what you want to get out of this, how we can accomplish it. Yeah, so it's definitely intimate. I agree with that. To tie it all together, I want to mention, do you take what you've learned from psychotherapy and incorporate that into life coaching and vice versa? Yeah, like, so to me, they they very much are like, there, there are different sides of the same continuum. So I do now uh, tell my clients up front, I do both. I, I do therapy and I do coaching. It's, al- it's almost impossible to separate them out now that I am like certified in them both. Um, just as like, you know, yoga is, a, it's about, people understand yoga is like asana, physical practice, exercise. But the, the intended benefit is to still the mind. 
and to, to unify mind, body, spirit. So it's the same thing. Like psychotherapy is one part of psychology, but life coaching is the other realm of psychology, which is often focused more on positive psychology. You don't have to have a problem. This is just about being your best and thriving. Yeah, I can definitely understand how there might be some parallels there between the two. And if you've learned something beneficial in one, I mean, why not include it in your other practice? So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, the name of your business, I want to make sure I get this right, so correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Moksha? Yeah, perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah, good job. All right, people, thank you. Those people don't get that right, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's called Moksha Living. Can you uh, just kind of describe, you know, why you chose this name for your business and what does Moksha mean? Sure. So when I was first starting the business, um, I liked the name because moksha is a Sanskrit word and Sanskrit is also where yoga originated. Um, and the definition of moksha is liberation from that which holds you back. In Sanskrit, it means liberation from the karmic life cycle of death and rebirth, but we don't need to go that deep. Liberation from that which holds you back. And it's understanding that like a big part of what's holding you back is your mind. And so I wanted to have, I thought that name was fitting because our practice is about helping people live the lives that they wish for. And I remember when I was first creating the, the, the name for the business, people were like, why would you pick that name? No one's going to know what that is. And I said, that's okay. I don't need to attract everybody to my business. I want to attract people that are seeking and people that are seeking may not know what the word is, but they might have been familiar with it or they might be curious about it. And those are the people that I want. And now you don't necessarily need to know what the word means. Like maybe they'll see it on your website or on a Yelp review and then read a little bit more about you and then figure out you're the person for them. Um, so I definitely agree with you there. It doesn't have to be a, you know easily recognizable word by any means. And now yeah. we, uh, we talked about psychotherapy. We talked about life coaching but what other services do you offer at Moksha Living? Yeah, so we also offer Reiki, which is a form of energy healing, um, which is simply, again, like I said, that self-care exists on the mental, physical, emotional, also the energetic level. So Reiki is working with energy. And we also offer yoga therapy. So like I said, I have a background in yoga. Um, one of the earliest texts on yoga is uh, very much is written by a, a a psychologist, essentially. I mean, I don't know if it was in that time we had psychologists, but he was a study, a, a student and a, a scholar of psychology. And so that is how from the, the when I was in college, I started, like I said, majoring in psychology. I also started studying yoga and realizing how the two go together. And so that's really when I when we talk to people we're talking about the mind for psychology practice but we understand your benefits for your mind don't exist in isolation from your body and yoga um, the eight limb path of yoga for example is about your lifestyle is about your body and how you're taking care of it I love all the yoga references that's something that I uh, just recently got into you know during quarantine oh nice I try to do it, you know, when I can, and maybe every other day, but it's, it's been good. I really like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, yoga is like, um, 
for me, it's just, it's a game changer. Um, it's one of the thing that most single handedly will impact my day. My, whether my day feels like a, a good up, up and up day or like a blah day, um, yoga and meditation. And you don't, you don't even have to do like an entire yoga class. Like it could be like five minutes, um, of, of some stretching or a, a sun salutation, five minutes of, of put on a timer and sit. And it really uh, shifts or, and influences the direction of my day. Definitely. And as a physical therapist, I'm all about the promotion of physical activity, which yoga is definitely that. So I definitely recommend if you haven't tried it, you know, possibly look into it. It's, uh, it's been good for me so far. It's been good for Michelle. I mean, it could be a game changer for you too. Michelle, I wanted to ask you this one here. What advice would you offer someone maybe from your life coaching hat? Um, that's looking to get the most out of 2020, despite what's going on in the world. Yeah, well, I think that like, I love this. There's a lot of like, you know, um, mental reminders to to keep having for yourself. Um, you know, one that, I, that I've been thinking about a lot lately is what can I learn from this? Um, and I think that really time time is your most valuable asset <clears throat> and so a really big component of the work that I do the Facebook group is all about intentional living uh, the intentional living is the method for which the change happens um, psychology psychotherapy and life coaching help you to live intentionally and so intentional living means that you're using your time towards what's most meaningful for you and normally before covid we didn't have everyone's complaint i don't have any time and now you have all the time in the world and so my challenge to people is like what are all those things that you felt that you didn't have the time for and now you have the time so stop making excuses and get going yeah no i mean now is a great time for sure to kind of you know do a little bit of introspection um, and try to realize, you know, what can you do with this time um, to make the most out of it? Your, you know, goals and aspirations may not take place, you know, potentially this year, but what can you do to accelerate it, make it happen in 2021? Yeah, and I would also say that I know that there's a lot of people who are saying like, oh, like things are put on hold, but not everything has been put on hold. And off, sometimes I'm hearing a lot of people make excuses because they, it's, it's easy to say, I can't do this, or this is put on pause, rather than let me figure out a way to do this. And so, you know, I, I really, it's really about being creative. Some things can't happen, but some things, you may not be able to do the exact same thing, but you can do something that's going to give you a similar experience that would be beneficial and valuable to you. I 100% agree with that. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I definitely learned a lot about life coaching, and I really appreciate and enjoy the parallels to physical therapy. If someone who's listening to this wants to keep up with you after the episode, where can they reach out to you on social media and the internet? Yeah, so um, the Intentional Living Group on Facebook, um, I think, is like the, the freest, <laughs> um, easiest way to connect with community live intentionally. Um, that's just Intentional Living. Um, it's on Facebook if you search it. And then if you want to find me specifically um, or reach out about services um, or find out about our school, uh, the website is www.moksha, 
livingorg And that's M is in Mary, O-K-S-H-A, and then the word living, L-I-V-I-N-G dot O-R-G. Michelle, once again, thank you so much. And to all our listeners, stay well. Hey, DMV Wellness community. Thank you so much for listening to the Washington Wellness Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you like the content that you heard and would like to continue with us on this wellness journey, then please join our Facebook group, Washington Wellness Community, to connect with other listeners, future local experts, and to discuss today's episode.